Hello friends, it's your girl Bernadette and you're on the B side of positive. I haven't said that in three months and I'm so sorry I left you guys. Current location, lost in the sauce. So let's just have a life update, catch up with what's going on in my life. And I have to start out by saying I'm so sorry that I left you guys. Um, You know, I created this podcast as a platform for healing and growth. And as that journey has continued to progress so beautifully, I haven't felt the need to come on here and talk about my struggles, talk about my issues, because I am actively working through those issues through a variety of means, self-awareness, counseling, meditation, loving myself, all the things that characterize what the B-side of positive is. So um, as I continue to figure out what I want to do with this podcast, today I'm just here to update you about everything that has happened for me and to me over the last three months, starting with the biggest development, which is I am in grad school. I got accepted to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill to get my master's degree in public health, and I am in my second week of classes. And yeah, so the way that all unfolded was, as you guys have heard multiple times here on this platform, I really was pissed about not having work, and I used that excuse to behave badly. (laughs) Like, my discontent with so many of the things in life became an excuse for me to just do what I wanted, say what I wanted, hurt people, whatever, and that was my justification. And as life kind of progressed, as I ended, got out of my relationship, went through COVID, my abortion, all of that, I came out on the other side thinking, different thoughts, different mindset, different perspective, like an entire paradigm shift. So I no longer thought about, oh God, this bothers me. Like, what can I do? Like, I hate this. It turned into, how can I use this to benefit me in some way? And so the thought of going to grad school popped in my head and I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what we about to do because I have two bachelor of science degrees. I'm like, I don't want to go back to school. And when I finished my last degree, And people will ask me, do you want a master's degree? I was like, there is no part of me that wants a master's degree. But as life has progressed, I'm in a different just state of being. Like, I'm a completely different person. And this person is in graduate school, which is fine. Like, I love the way my journey has evolved. I think it's beautiful and phenomenal and wonderful. And I'm so thankful for it. But it kind of happened like that. The idea dropped in my head. My initial thought was no. My initial reaction was no because I didn't. I want it to grow, but I didn't want to put in the effort, if that makes sense. Like, yes, graduate school sounds great. And that's exactly how it happened. I was super excited to get in. But then it was like, okay, now I got to do the work. But let's back up a little bit. So how it all happened is the thought popped into my head. And I mentioned it to my counselor during one of my sessions. And she was like, you definitely definitely should go to school. Um, Just because of the social and political climate today, There's lots of opportunities for me to do what I want to do, which is to um, serve marginalized communities and to help create policies that reduce and eventually eliminate health inequities that are based on race, ethnicity, all that good stuff. So when I got out of my counseling session, I immediately applied to UNC Chapel Hill, and I was also considering George Washington University. But I followed the process through with Chapel Hill, got to a point where I needed three references and couldn't think of a single person. 
because life, COVID, moving, like I'm out of touch with my former professors, former classmates, former colleagues. And so I hit that roadblock and I was like, okay, universe, if this is what you have for me, then you will have to help me figure this out. So one day I casually mentioned to my coworker that I had applied to grad school and I needed these letters of recommendation, reference, whatever you want to call it. And I was just venting to her, didn't even have an idea or suspect that she would um, offer to write a letter of recommendation for me. But she did. And I was like, okay, that's really dope. And then she suggested that I ask our boss, which I had thought about doing, but I was reluctant to because in the year that I have been employed, I haven't done a whole lot of work that would demonstrate the quality of my work, my work ethic or anything like that. So I'm thinking, what would he have to write about me? Because he doesn't know me that well. But I was like, YOLO, fuck it. So I went and asked my boss and he was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. I'd be happy to write a letter of recommendation for you. And fun fact, after he wrote the letter and everything, I was in his office for a meeting, glanced up on the wall only to see that he graduated from UNC Chapel Hill. So I imagine that my application must have looked phenomenal to be applying to grad school and to have a former student write a letter of recommendation for me. And I didn't even know. That's why I'm like, this alignment thing is like so powerful. So anyway, he wrote one and then one of my friends wrote a letter of recommendation and my application was due on my birthday, which also felt aligned. And I also had to write a statement of purpose. And while I was fleshing out the ideas of why I want to go to graduate school, like it really hit home so that my um, concentration is going to be leadership and practice. So I'll have my master's of public health with a concentration of leadership and practice, which will best enable me to do what it is that I want to do, which, like I said, is to serve marginalized communities and help create policies that, um, are equitable and keep social justice in mind and all of that good stuff. So definitely, definitely feel aligned with this process and with what's going on in my life. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm approaching it with fresh eyes and a fresh perspective because, you know, there was that part of me, the part that loves to be in the comfort zone, the part that, you know, desires change, but then doesn't want to do the stuff that goes along with change like y'all change hurts staying the same hurt so you got to choose your hurt and I choose to change for the better so I vowed to myself that I was going to look at this with fresh eyes I wasn't going to take prior um academic experiences into this process like I was definitely going to do it with like blank slate fresh chapter fresh start and to have the end goal in mind which is you know being in service to others so I'm not going to get caught up with the trees and forget the forest. Like the forest is the fact that there's an end goal. This is a a space and time that I'm dedicating to a graduate degree. I'll get it and then I'll move on. So I'm definitely feeling very balanced. Like I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not losing my shit. I I just feel very balanced. Like I'm going to take it one assignment at a time, one semester at a time. And then I'll be able to look back and I will have arrived. And per the usual, the journey is always so much greater than the destination. So I'm really excited to see what this process of graduate school is going to teach me about myself, all the ways in which it's going to grow me personally, professionally, mentally, spiritually. Like I'm really excited about that. Um, Let's see what else. I had a goal when the summer started to swim in open water and I am happy to report that I've been doing that. And it's been amazing and phenomenal. 
And it's really funny because when I reflect back on that first time that I went out into the open water to swim in the lake, how utterly unprepared I was for that environment. And as my my swim coach loves to say, it's all about context. When I'm in the pool, there's a defined area in which I can swim. There's the wall. There's the lane lines. There's the lifeguard. There's all the things that are in place that, you know, make me feel comfortable and confident in a pool setting. Now, throw all of that out the window in addition to not being able to see in that murky water. And, you know, that's what that's the position that I put myself in of swimming in open water. I went to this place called Jordan Lake. So I was the only African-American out there. So it was just like it was not a great experience. And I walked away mad, frustrated, embarrassed until I stopped. And I was like, but Bernadette, you have to learn. Like you can't just always automatically expect things to come super easy. Like some things you have to like progress toward and work toward. As I said before, you can't try to get from A to Z and then skip steps B through Y. Like those steps are important too. So I walked away from it knowing where I stand, what I needed to work on, and with the mindset of I have to keep doing it. Like, I can't let the challenge of it prevent me from, like, diving in every opportunity that I get. And that's exactly what I did. When there's an opportunity to get out on the lake, then that's what I do. I go swim. And the more I've done it, the more confidence I've built. And, again, it's the process of life, and it's a phenomenal process. Um, Counseling has been going wonderfully, as I've already mentioned. And we are unpacking a lot of just, like, shit. And it feels like every time we, every time I meet with her, there's, there's more work to do. And I I felt discouraged one day and I thought about like, okay, here's a mountain that I've climbed personally to get to a better, healthier, happier Bernadette. Okay. When I get to that top, to the top of that mountain, mountain, (laughs) I find that I'm at the bottom of another mountain. There's yet another mountain to climb. And I've come to the conclusion that that is the nature of life. I will never be in my final form. Like life is about continually journeying and getting closer to that ideal self, but I don't think you ever actually arrive. So now that I'm acclimating myself to this concept of you'll never arrive at a complete version of yourself, they'll just be better versions of you. So now that I've accepted that, it's a little bit easier to arrive at the pinnacle of this mountain that you fought so hard to climb only to find that there's another mountain to motherfucking climb. That's okay though. It's all good. So, you know, one of the greatest things that I've worked through through counseling and just like personal development has been just choosing not to be the bag lady. There were so, there was so much baggage in my life. Like so many things that I was holding on to, clinging to that did not serve me. So many attitudes, mindsets, ways of operating that didn't serve me. And as I work through these with my counselor, she's helping me to see that the patterns of behavior that are exhibited in my family informed how I navigate through life. So I'm not shifting the responsibility to them. It's my responsibility to unlearn these patterns, but that's where they came in at. So that when I'm manipulative or was manipulative in relationships, my relationships being transactional, using sex as currency, like these are all learned behaviors from my family in terms of 
love being a transactional process. Like you do for me, I do for you. When you're not doing for me, then I'm going to withhold myself from you. And, you know, love being very conditional is based on what you're doing for me. And when you're no longer meeting my needs, then I don't, I don't have any use for you. I cut off communication, blah, blah, blah. So she's helping me to see how that upbringing, that value system has influenced my personal relationships and helping me to be very aware of how I show up in the world, how I navigate through um, conflict, how I, you know, communicate with people, how I how I view myself, how I view others. So it's, it's very enlightening and what I really love about it is that she gives me like the psychological medical perspective as well so um like brain development um what parts of the brain affect what emotions and things like that and I I eat that up because I'm such an analytical thinker so my counseling sessions have been going wonderfully and I just will continue to see her for as long as I possibly can because it is one of the most powerful tools in my self-care tool belt and I'm so grateful that a I have this woman as my counselor and b that I don't have to pay for it like (laughs) hello win-win so there's that um I'm planning to go to St. Thomas in December as just like a gift to myself a vacation gift to myself and I am going solo dolo um granted we'll get to the relationship part but um, my, my boo thing <laughs> asked to go with me and I, I said, I'd consider it, but I really just don't want anybody going with me. This is very, very much me being with me and me challenging myself in a different, like there's so many, I don't know, like you learn so much about yourself when you travel alone. And I went through so much with the relationship I was in, with the hell I went through last year with my abortion, with so many things that, This trip is much needed, and I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to go, and I cannot wait. And speaking of the abortion, I have a different perspective on that. I think that if I had kept the baby, I would obviously be in a different, you know, place and state right now. I probably wouldn't be in graduate school. I probably would have, like, a completely different set of circumstances. And when I look at it from that perspective... I feel a little bit of a sense of peace because where I am right now is so beautiful and pleasant and peaceful and, you know, I'm content and I feel joy that, you know, the abortion is still a major regret and something I wish I had never done. But at the same time, I found peace in that having the abortion put me in a different reality. One that I, you know, I'm grateful for, one that I love, one that is beautiful. So... I guess it's like opportunity costs. When we make certain decisions, we make those decisions at the cost of other opportunities. So if I am dating someone, you know, I'm going to have some opportunity costs because, you know, there are other fish in the sea, I guess. So with every choice that we make, there are choices that we don't get to make and we don't get to explore those options. So I think those things can coexist, that I can both be deeply saddened by the fact that I didn't keep the baby, but I can also be thankful for the position that I'm in in life. So there's that. Um, What else? What else? Work is great. I have a couple of clients that I'm working with, which is phenomenal. So 
it's really funny how once I stopped moaning and complaining and whining about not having work and focused my attention on what I could be doing to better myself, it all lined up and fell into place. And it's been wonderful working with clients. I am virtually working three days a week and in the office two days a week, which is perfect. It's like ideal. (laughs) And I, you know, based on how this whole COVID thing goes, maybe I'll be able to do that throughout the end of the year, which is a tremendous benefit to me now because on the days that I'm working virtually, like I'd be doing schoolwork, y'all. I ain't even gonna lie. So work is going great. And we got to get to the juicy parts, which is my personal life. So I'll tell you what happened. After getting out of the relationship, uh, I spent two-ish months, like, really not talking to anybody, not dating, not getting out into the scene. And I told myself that when I'm ready, I'll know. I just didn't want to rush it. I didn't want to cope with a man. I didn't want any of those strategies that I had pulled previously to prevent me from learning and feeling everything I needed to feel so that I could actually grow. I think that if I immediately had put someone else in my space, I would not have learned the lessons I needed to learn. I wouldn't have found the stability, the confidence, the firm, rooted, grounded version of myself that I am now, the less needy version of myself. I don't think I would have found her. I probably would, probably would have had to go through some more pain and heartache. <laughs> you know, the universe is like, come on, dummy, like, like get it together. So, um, yeah, I was very intentional with my my time away from like dating and stuff like that. There was a point I wanted to make, but y'all, I'm high and it was a great point and I really, really, really hope it comes back to me. But um uh I don't know. But anyway, I was very, you know, committed to the process and, and allowing it to be what it was gonna be. I didn't try to put a label on it, try to put it in a box of this is how it has to go. I just wanted to listen to myself and learn and grow and hear me, hear my thoughts. And I'm at a space of like, oh, yes, perfect. I knew I, I know what I was going to say now. Now, when I approach my relationships, like I don't approach them from I need someone in my life to make me happy. The truth of the matter is that I'm so fucking happy and content and loving life that I want somebody in my life to enjoy it with me. And it's such a complete, like, mind-blowing concept of, it's so amazing over here. I'm having so much fun. My life is so beautiful and blissful that somebody's got to share this with me. Like, it's so dope that, you know, it's almost unfair to not have somebody sharing that with me. And I love that mindset. You know, I'm not approaching my relationships from need like, oh, I need somebody to pay my bills. I need somebody to make me feel good about myself. I need somebody to, you know, love me because I have a self-love deficit. No, 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 no. It's great and amazing over here. And, you know, come over here where it's fun and blissful <laughs> and like so dope. But anyway, I digress. I, um, like I said, was taking time away and... I started getting to know my neighbor. He lives in the apartment below me and he had been checking me, checking for me for a while. And I knew that, like I would see him looking at me. And if I was back when my altar was closer to my balcony, if he was walking by, I would see him look up 
and like we'd make eye contact but obviously I was in a relationship so I really didn't even look at him that way like he's an attractive man and like super built so there have been times when I was in my relationship where I would appreciate like damn he's big (laughs) and, and like ripped and cut and like I, I distinctly remember one day when I was in my relationship, I pulled up to my apartment complex and he was standing out there with no shirt on. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like abs for days. So, you know, but it never went anywhere because like I was very faithful in my situation in terms of like giving my body to someone else. So anyway, we're not even going down that path. But um, like I said, he must have just checked for me because almost two months, almost two months exactly since when the relationship that I was in ended, you know, I walked by him one day and like I I spoke like, hey, how you doing? That kind of thing, because he's a big man and he looks very like intimidating. So um, not that I'm intimidated, but he just looks, I don't know, he's just big and he's dark and like, (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. But anyway, um, uh yeah we were outside I was walking up to my apartment and I was like hey how you doing and he made a comment about something about it being hot and I said something about yeah I'm about to melt or something like that. I don't know but anyway I go up to my apartment then I hear some rattling near my door and I was like I think he just left me his phone number I just let it sit there and then I had to go work out so when I opened the door there was his phone number and went to work out came back home texted him like hey I'm Bernadette he was like hey um beep we're gonna block out block out his name um but it was actually the day before my birthday that he we exchanged numbers so in the in the course of like our conversation I'm like you know this is what I do this is you know I have kids this is my relationship status and you know tomorrow is my birthday I'm going to be 40 which He gave me the obligatory, oh, my God, I can't believe you're 40. You look great for your age speech, which, you know, I love. I feel like I got that Benjamin Button disease, like I'm aging backward. But honestly, it's self-love, veganism, working out, all that good stuff. So, you know, the next day was obviously my birthday and he was just like super busy. But he did text me, say like, happy birthday and like some sort of well wish of like love and blessings or something like that which I was grateful for and appreciative of. And then the next day, um, he pulled up and I was in my car getting ready to go somewhere. So I was peeping what he was doing, which he's obviously done for me. (laughs) So I see him and he's got flowers and a balloon and just like gift stuff. And I'm like, did he get me a birthday gift? I'm not sure. And then he texted me and he was like, you know, Yesterday, I was really busy, but I wanted to let you know, like, I want to wish you a happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. And then I walk up to my apartment and retrieve my gift. And he got me the most beautiful bouquet of flowers ever. So, y'all, it's the intention and the energy behind it for me, right? So obviously, he's peaked my plant game. He knows that I love plants because they're all over my balcony area. And I'm pretty sure he's seen me carry plants, carry soil into my apartment so he knew that I had a a deep love for plants so he said that when he went to the florist he told them to make me something nice with some kick and it was just phenomenally beautiful the flowers were phenomenally beautiful but I think the fact that he put so much thought into it made them even more beautiful so 
as I unwrap them, you could just tell that he dropped some coin. Not that that matters because I'm so not materialistic, but you could tell that he spent some money on this beautiful like flower arrangement, the way they packaged them, like high end florist, obviously. So that he got me a, a, a sweet card and wrote a really nice message in it and like some fancy soap or whatever. So yeah, um, it's been fun getting to know him. Like he'll text me and be like, Hey, you want coffee? And then he'll bring up coffee or he'll text me and ask me if I've, if I've eaten and he'll bring up food. So like the way to Bernadette's heart is through her stomach. So anytime he's feeding me, like I'm, I'm super happy about it and I enjoy going down to his space. So you know, we're just vibing and just seeing where the energy takes us. He is a smoker, as am I, so we have really fun smoke sessions. And I'm not going to lie, the motherfucking abstinence chronicles are O-V-E-R. And um, it's been great. I have to, like, thank the universe for giving me such phenomenal lovers. Like, I was telling someone the other day, like, not even the other day, probably a couple of weeks back, how fortunate I have been that of my body count, which I won't share on here, 70 to shoot probably higher than that 75 to 80 85 percent have been like great experiences like really really like great lovers and this guy is no exception as I already stated he is 6'1 235 um loves to work out so he's just like Bill like he's huge (laughs) so I have thoroughly enjoyed being tossed around and picked up and carried like a princess which he jokes that I'm getting spoiled but I'm like don't let all that bigness go to waste like carry me (laughs) which is which is really really fun so um yeah and I guess my other favorite feature like he doesn't have locks which I'm like womp womp you can't have it all I guess but he has the fullest thickest shiniest beard that smells like coconuts like oh my god like yeah, it's, it's great, so, um, yeah, what else can I share about this gentleman? Um, he's definitely rough around the edges, but he is soft as a marshmallow inside, which I already gathered, like, that, that persona that he carries of being so hard and tough really just masks, like, this really, beautiful soul who is very sweet and thoughtful and attentive which you know obviously is those are great qualities to have so yeah I'm just enjoying myself and also I have to note that I have officially saved all of the money I need to buy my house so I'm waiting to see how that's going to pan out we are currently in a seller's market and everybody's waiting for the um housing bubble to burst so that we can swoop in and get these properties at a great rate. And I'm kind of in a rush, kind of not. My lease is up for my apartment in February. I would really love to not renew it. So I am trusting the universe, God, the ancestors, whatever you want to call it, to align me in a way that I'm able to find a house that fits all of my needs. And I totally believe that I'm going to manifest that shit. Like, the perfect opportunity is going to find me. It's going to be reasonably priced and it's going to have all the features that I have um, said that I want in a home. And I literally cannot wait to be in my own space to 
decorate, to, oh my God, just put my energy and my spirit and my vibe in there to get a pet, um, to hopefully have a yard where I can sit outside and just do everything that I want to do in my own space. So Jesus Christ, that feels like so, 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 so much. But, you know, that's my little life update, living wonderfully chill, very happy. And I also have to note that everything is not perfect. I don't want to present that. Um, I have had some family drama that I'm not even going to give attention and energy to because it's not even worth it. One of the things that I've definitely learned in this season of my life is that what you give your attention to or where your attention goes is where your energy goes. And let's just suffice it to say that I'm getting mentally, emotionally, spiritually stronger, not so swept away by what people do. I just understand that, you know, the way people treat you oftentimes is not a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of who they are. So you can't really take it personally. And I also know that we all arrive at different times in life. And at one point, I was that kind of person who was a shit show in my relationships. I was a shit show with, you know, how I navigated in life, but I had to awaken. I had to learn. I had to grow. So you definitely have to give the people in your life the same space and room to grow. Um, I love these people unconditionally, but I realize I have to love them from afar and to have boundaries like a motherfucker. Like, I love you, but what you're not going to do is cross me because I am sacred and my boundary is not an electrical fence. I saw this great quote. That said, your boundaries don't have to be an electric fence hurting people who cross them, but they can very much be lights that are around you saying, hey, you're going to treat me sacredly or you're not going to be a part of my life. So that's just the way I'm operating, um, being able to zoom out and just not get swept away with emotions has been like a superpower. So, oh, my God, that's a lot. So if you've listened to me ramble for these 30 minutes, like you're the real MVP, I appreciate you. Guys, I hope that you've been well. I hope that you're living chill. And for the usual, I wish you love, light, and positive energy. Bye.